Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 21. Welcome, everybody, to the program today. What a wonderful time to have you with us on the Strategic Living Podcast. My name is Brian Holmes, and it is a joy to have you with us on this journey. Well, the year's coming to an end. 2013's just about over, and we are looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm so excited about today's program. I have such a special treat for you. I believe that this episode will be literally the best of the best of 2013 in our inaugural year of this podcast. So I want you to get comfortable, get your notepads out, open up your heart, and be ready to receive as we jump into today's program. Let's get started, everybody. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. I am truly honored that you would take of your time to... uh, listen to what we have to say and, and to listen to our, our concepts and the things that we have on our hearts to share. And I don't take it lightly that this year as we launch this podcast that a number of you have really engaged with us on a very high level. And I just, I'm honored to serve you. I'm honored to be a part of your life and, and very grateful for the connections that we've made through this particular medium this year. Well, today's going to be an absolutely wonderful program, and I have been anticipating this moment for quite a long time. Uh, you know, one of the things about the journey of life is is that along the way, it seems that God puts in our lives key relationships. And I think a person's very fortunate if in the, the, the scope of your entire lifetime, you have two or three or four key people that really impact your life, that really uh, God connects you with, and you seem to do things together. And I've been so blessed in that way over the years. Not too long ago, this happened for me again, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But uh, today on this program, I want to introduce you to somebody that really from afar I have admired and listened to and watched for some time. But in recent months, uh, it seems as though God has allowed our paths to cross and for us to connect in a very real way. And I had the privilege just recently of interviewing this a great gentleman for this podcast, and you are going to be deeply impacted by this man, by his heart, by his words, by his insight. He truly is a great man and truly has so much to offer, and I consider it a, a, just a tremendous honor to have him on the program today. So without a lot of fluff, without a lot of precursor, I want to just take you right now into this interview, and I want you to open your hearts and really hear Uh, as he and I share what we see coming in the future for not only you and not only people like you, but really for the entire body of Christ, for all of us who are seeking to pursue what God has for us in this season, I believe this episode is going to be a great strength to you. Well, right now, it's my privilege to introduce to you Ray Edwards. Let's go right now to the interview. It is an amazing privilege of mine today to introduce to our listeners my friend Ray Edwards. Ray is a direct response copywriter, and he is a product launch manager, internet marketing strategist, and expert. He is a prolific trainer and speaker and mentors so many people in the entrepreneurial world. He has worked with people like Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, 
Mark Victor Hansen, and a list that's too long to really mention here. His work and the, the thing that he does so well has generated over $100 million in sales in the last few years. And his message is what's really driving that success. His message is this, creating prosperity with purpose. And I'm happy to say he's a fellow podcaster, and it happens to be that through his Ray Edwards Show program that he is reaching tens of thousands of people per week. Well, I met Ray initially through his podcast, and I found him through Dan Miller and Michael Hyatt and Cliff Ravenscraft, and I heard this name coming up here and there, and as I began to listen to his program, I recognized something that was unique, and it resonated with me, and I I guess I could say it like this. I, I heard a sound that was familiar to me, and I was listening to a guy whose hands were very much in the business world, but he had an obvious kingdom-minded approach to what it was he was doing. And it was obvious to me that Ray had figured out that his business or his work and his ministry were not mutually exclusive. And it was clear to me that his work and his business was his ministry. And back in July, we had the opportunity to have a short phone conversation. And in that 30-minute window, it was obvious to me that God was allowing me to come into contact with someone that would be a great influence. A couple of weeks ago, we had the great privilege of hanging out at the Platform Conference here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and we met on the first night during a little reception that was going on. And just in that little time there, and then over the course of the next three days, we were sharing, encouraging one another, and dreaming together, and talking about what God has called us to do. And I have to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, that I was the big winner at the Platform Conference because the time that I got to share with this great man was of an immense impact on my life, and I'm so grateful for that. So without further ado, let me introduce you right now to my great friend, Ray Edwards. Ray, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much, Brian, and thank you for all those honoring things. Although now I'm looking for um, a big needle so I can deflate my head. (laughs) Well, I meant every word of it, and it's true. And frankly, I could have spent the entire program introducing you uh, because I I just want you to know, man, what you're doing is so significant, and it matters not only to me, but I know to so many people, and I'm, I'm grateful, man. It's just an honor to have you on the program. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like the honor's mine, but I appreciate it. Well, I've been wanting to introduce you to my listeners for quite a long time now, and and what really has prompted in my heart to to share with the folks is your story is pretty profound because you have years and years of experience in the secular marketplace, if you were as you were, uh, but you also have a very strong Christian worldview and Christian mindset, and you talked about in some of your episodes how you used to keep those really separate. I'd like you to share a little bit about your story and how you came to where you are today. Well, I was brought up in a Christian home, and as a teenager, I turned my back on the Lord and spent a great many years playing the role of the prodigal. And We had a child, my wife and I had a a little boy, and as he grew up, we wanted to make sure that he was hanging out with the right people, and so we figured, well, we'll get him involved with a youth group. We didn't want to go to church, but we thought we'd get him involved with a youth group, and he went off and got himself saved, Um, and then he came home and got his parents re-saved. I mean, he really did lead his parents back to the Lord. Wow. 
uh, it was uh, an amazing time that if, if I spend too much time thinking about it, Brian, I'll just start to cry and then we won't have an interview anymore. <laughs> uh, so I'll try to not do that, but it, it really moves me. Even every time I think about this story of this young teenage guy who found the Lord, despite his parents' efforts to keep that from happening. And then he led his parents back to Jesus and he went off to college to one of the most liberal colleges in America that a lot of people haven't heard of, but it's in Western Washington. It's called Western Washington University. And he became a campus ministry leader, and he got involved with uh, uh, various campus ministries. And then he called one day and said he wanted to go to this uh, church down in Redding, California, Bethel. And I started listening to some of their audio online, and I thought, oh, these people are nuts. <laughs> Because uh, we were going to church, but we were going to what I refer to as a nice, safe, uh, seeker-sensitive uh, church where I, I look at them like this. There's a lot of ch Christian churches that don't interfere with your worldly life. There you go. And uh, we were okay with that. And then we heard this... Uh, this strange stuff coming out of California. Our son wanted to go be involved. He graduated from college. He went down to their ministry school. We went down to rescue him from the cult over the holidays, and we ended up signing up to be members. Uh, and I say all that jokingly, but what happened, this is what really happened, Brian. We had an encounter with God where we saw that, oh, there's more than just a Sunday social club to being part of this family of the Lord. And uh, we realized that the, the things we read about in the new Testament are supposed to still be happening. That was the idea. Absolutely. God, God set some things in motion that he never said, and here's the expiration date. Um, and so we began to be so hungry to see God's kingdom. And by that, I mean, I don't want to be vague. I mean, Jesus said, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, and make disciples of all nations. Sure. And we felt like, oh, he probably meant that. And we wanted to be part of it. And so what had, what had transpired simultaneously was I had kept my business and my, uh, quote, religious life separated from one another because that was the politically correct thing to do. And I was part of a kind of a think tank of uh, high-level entrepreneurs. We called it a mastermind group. And uh, I told those folks, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop hiding my faith. It's such a part of what I do that I'm going to start integrating it into my business. And I laugh at the way I phrase that now. But uh, they they told me, absolutely not. That would be stupid. You can't let people, you don't need to talk about that stuff. You don't need to let people in on that stuff. Basically, they never came out and said it, but this is what they were telling me. That stuff is crazy, and you need to make sure you keep that as far away from public knowledge as possible. Yeah. And, of course, I had a predictable reaction. I decided they were crazy. I quit the mastermind group and started to talk about the source of my success uh, because I reached a point where I could no longer – I couldn't separate the two because they were just inseparable. I, you know, earlier I made the comment that I said to other people I was going to integrate my faith into my business. Well, my faith, which is really my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
became so real to me. He became so real as a person that there was no integrating him into anything. Every, everything else has got to fit into him. Yeah, exactly. And so when that corner was turned, there was no going back. I mean, we saw, you know, through through diving into this deeper relationship with the Lord, my wife and I went to the ministry school together, uh, the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Uh, and I loved telling people that was the name of the school that we were attending just f- to see their reaction. Um, and uh, we we saw people healed of cancer, of um, we saw people who were blind, who could see. We saw people who were deaf, who could hear. Um, I had the the amazing good fortune to pray in healing rooms uh, where people walked in on crutches and walked out carrying them. And so when you've seen a few miracles, you can no longer approach the impossible with anything other than hope. And so the Lord just spoke to me and said, look, I want you to sign your business over to me. And what that meant was that I just had to come clean with what I knew was the truth, which I knew would not be popular with people inside the church and people outside the church. And that was that Jesus is the source of my success and of all success, that his favor on my life and on my business is uh, key to the accomplishment of the dreams that he's planted in my heart. And that's the message that I have to bring to the world. And I can't work with somebody on their marketing or their copy or their products or consult with them and hide or obscure the most important matters that need to be addressed in order for them to achieve the success that I'm there to help them achieve. And so that has been the transition that we've made. And when we tore down that veil between the secular and the sacred, um, amazing things began to happen. And it's been one incredible journey that I feel we're just getting started on. So I'm just excited about the future. That's awesome. Why why do you feel that so many people find it difficult to, I guess, amalgamate those two worlds together and bring them together? Why is it that so many people are driven to to treat them as separate and apart? Well, my answer could sound offensive. That's okay. It's the right program for that. Okay, good. It's because they haven't really bought all the way in to the Lord's agenda. Wow. You see, when you sell out to him and when you decide, I want what he wants, then you have complete disregard for what people will think. And I, I know there's great rationale for um, – what do you call it? Lifestyle evangelism. Mm-hmm. And you know, lifestyle evangelism to me is code. And it's code for I'm not gonna say anything about Jesus. I'm just gonna act like a nice person and hope someday somebody asks me, How come you're like that? <laughs> and and I I know that may offend some people who maybe have led a lot of people to the Lord that way. And so perhaps for you that's the right way. But I just look at the pattern in the New Testament mm-hmm. and Jesus said to business people follow me. Yeah. And what that looked like was they dropped everything that they were doing and they followed him and they did crazy things. <laughs> they they went and touched lepers. 
and they raised people from the dead, and they stood in defiance against the professionally religious people of the day. Uh, the only people, by the way, that Jesus became upset with, the oh, professional yeah. the professional religious guys. So that's something that ought to give us all pause. Yeah, that's a clue. And and th they didn't burn their businesses down. You know, after Jesus was crucified, they went back to fishing. Mm -hmm. So which tells me not that their mission was over. It just tells me they didn't get rid of their business. Yes. So I think Jesus left us with a message of go. And if you buy all the way into his agenda, you realize I can't be anything except extreme. Mm -hmm. And that's why people have such a, a problem bringing those two worlds together. When you completely buy into what Jesus is doing and you feel him stirring within you to pray for someone uh, or to bring the kingdom or to bring healing to either their physical body or their emotional situation, you don't hesitate. You just move as he's moving. That's what he did. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I was at that conference that you and I were at together, and I was having a conversation with a gentleman um, who was discussing his business with me, and we were talking about uh, some strategies that he was considering. And he casually happened to mention that he had a son that had um, autism. And the Lord just began to press on me. I, I knew that feeling. And we eventually had to stop the conversation because I said, I feel like we need to pray for your son. And uh, He was touched by the hand of God so powerfully in that moment that other men who were around joined in and prayed as well. And I don't know who the Lord touched deeper, uh, the man who had the boy with autism or the men who were there and joined in the prayer, or me, because I think about that moment, and I get shivers, because here's what I know, Brian, the kingdom invaded the marketplace yes. in that moment, Yes, yes. and none of those people will ever be the same again. Well, I think we have to make space for that, and, and you know, I was raised, I guess, like you, in a Christian environment, and the the grid that we were handed as young boys and young men separated the pulpit from everything else, separated the, the church from, as you said a while ago, the marketplace. And, you know, I think because of the, the apparatus or the system that we have come to know as quote unquote, the church in the Western world, we, we've almost perpetuated this distinction, this separation between these two worlds. And the truth is, is that the kingdom of God is uh, for the earth. It is our job to make space and bring that kingdom into play. And I think there's a mindset shift taking place right now among a handful of people, and hopefully it's more than a handful of people, where we're recognizing that not all ministry is in a pulpit. It's, it's not about pulpiteering. It's about at the administration of the kingdom in all of the different sectors that we deal with in our life. Uh, at that same conference, uh, I, I was so impressed. And really, as you well know, I've been attending a few of these conferences the last couple of years, and it's been new to me to see what's happening in the marketplace because my world has been primarily a church world uh, because I'm in full-time ministry. 
But as I've gotten into these environments, I recognize that these are people who are out there doing the work of the kingdom in their place of assignment, doing what it is God has created them to do, and they're making tremendous impact. And that does not mean that that other types of ministry can't take place, i.e. the experience you just cited. And so it, it's not about us leaving these other sectors and coming into a religious setting and simply just putting all of our eggs in one basket. It's about us being the church, being the people of God, becoming equipped and ready to go into whatever place God has sent us and wherever that is, administering healing, administering uh, friendships and mentoring and loving and uh, ideas and all these types of things. So I, I really do believe, Ray, it's a new day. Uh, wh- what are you seeing as you're, you're, you're more in the business sector than even I am? What are you seeing out there? I see more and more of exactly what you just identified. And in my own case, Brian, when my wife and I decided to just lay everything in our life at the feet of the Lord and go to the ministry school for a year, I thought that what he was calling me to do was to close down the marketing and consulting and copywriting business and become a pastor. That was my plan. And he spoke to me, not in the audible voice, but clearly in the inner voice from God that you cannot help but recognize when you hear it. And he said, I have enough pastors in pulpits. I need ministers in the marketplace. And I've assigned you territory. And what I need you to do is take it. Hmm. And that's what I see happening. And it's not just me or you or one church or half a dozen churches, it's the worldwide body of Christ is awakening to this scriptural, prophetic move of God that has identified these seven mountains, Mm -hmm. and you can do your own research. I won't go into teaching that whole um, concept, but in, in a nutshell, there are these seven sectors of society, these seven mountains of society, that we have been called to possess. And for centuries, the church has retreated into one of the mountains, and that mountain is the mountain of religion. And we've kind of been hiding out there. And now we have reawakened to what the word of the Lord really was to go. And you find people of the kingdom in the sectors of entertainment, of education, of science and technology, of family, of government, of economics or business. And it just so happens that's where I was called to be. And you, when you step into whatever sector you're called to, whether it's in the family sector or in the education sector or business, and you encounter a situation that normally people of the world would meet with hopelessness or cynicism or fear, and you can bring the solution from a different realm when you can broker the reality of the kingdom into those situations in boardrooms and classrooms and everywhere in between, and you can say, I've got an answer that will meet this challenge, and you demonstrate that answer, things change. Yeah. And the, the, the Bible says that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of his glory. Well, how does that happen? You 
That's how it happens. Yeah, exactly. You and me and every other believer and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's our assignment. And that's what I see happening. And more and more I see people uh, at these conferences and in boardrooms and offices where I'm consulting or working with clients. I, I see them praying. I see them bringing the solutions of the kingdom into the marketplace. And of course, it's met with resistance in certain instances. But more and more, uh, what I see is God's response to the demands that are being placed on heaven. And when God responds, people pay attention, Brian, even if they don't believe when they see uh, someone uh, healed or they see a business turn around in a way that only the supernatural realm of God could explain. You know that gets people's attention. Absolutely. It does. You know, there's been this uh, amazing thrust for the last number of years in our particular country to uh, propagate this idea of separation of church and state. And I think that's added to the conundrum that we've been dealing with because uh, there's a, a force that is really attempting to keep what you and I are talking about right now from happening. Because if the influence of the kingdom of God ever infiltrates these sectors you've just mentioned, then the kingdom of God will begin to to show up in the earth. The book of Revelation talks about in that day the mountain of the house of the Lord will, will rise up and it will actually cast its shadow on all these other mountains. And people are going to look to that mountain. They're going to say, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us learn of their ways. And that's really what's taking place here is that there is a fundamental shift in the the way we're thinking, and that is that the church is not looking to escape and get out of here. In fact, we're really looking to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. And how do we do that? Well, we equip people in their calling. What are they here to do? What is their purpose? What is their destiny? Yeah, I know it's a passion you and I share on a very high level. One of the things that I wanted to, to bring up, and this is shifting gears a little bit, but not too, too far off of where we are right now, you know, it's very difficult to administer influence in these sectors if we are in a condition of poverty or lack or, let's just say it, we don't have money. And I know that one of the things that you have taught on over the last number of years, well, your, your purpose statement, your, your tagline is creating prosperity with purpose. And this is a deep passion of mine because I meet so many people that feel as though that if they're going to if they're going to serve God, then they they have to abandon their dreams, abandon money, abandon you know prosperity, and and you know just sacrifice for the kingdom, so to speak. I'd like you to speak to that because I know that's something very dear to your heart. Well, and thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. It's a it's a huge area of deception in the church. You know. The Lord brought a whole realm when he brought the kingdom, and he brought it to the earth. He brought his shalom, which we think of as meaning peace, but it means so much more. It it means peace, yes, but it means healing and completeness and restoration and prosperity and health and joy. And included in shalom is the idea of prosperity. The Hebrew people had no problem understanding that when the favor of the Lord is on you, 
you are wealthy. Abraham was wealthy. And as we read the scripture, we notice that it says that the Lord made him wealthy and blessed him. And just in case we missed it, it talks about actual physical wealth, money that Abraham was blessed with. And we're, we're heirs to the promises of Abraham that we would also be blessed. And in the, the, the book of Luke, the Lord even advises his followers to use worldly wealth to gain friends, to gain influence. And so the church has all these gifts and we had this inheritance and the church is the people of God. It's not buildings. I know you know that, but it's such a common misconception. I feel like we have to keep deconstructing that stronghold and, and realize that we don't go to church and we don't do church. We are church. Um, To quote a popular song, wherever we go, that's where the party's at. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And so we were given the the authority and the power to bring healing, to bring peace, to bring joy, and to bring prosperity. The Apostle John wrote that he prays that we are in all things in good health and prospering even as our souls prosper. So it's interesting that he talks about, you think he would say that your spirit would prosper. That would be the spiritual thing to say, but he talks about our souls prospering. Well, what's our soul? It's our mind, our will, our emotions. Those are kind of worldly, aren't they? The Lord loves the world. He loved it so much that he gave his only son so that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life because he didn't come to destroy the world, but to save it. And he's doing that through us. And Satan has so far been very successful in convincing God's people that you're not supposed to have money, so you should not have any. You're not supposed to be healed. Those gifts all passed away. So let's get rid of those. You're not supposed to be capable of... uh, commanding signs and wonders in the name of the Lord. So let's stop doing that. All these false teachings have resulted in the church retreating, coming out and being separate from the people of the world. The scripture twisted so that the church retreats into buildings and hides out waiting for the rapture bus to come pick them up. And that means we're not about our father's business. We're not on task with the assignment that he's given us. So I believe that every person is put on the planet with a purpose that God has said, you have this unique gifting and anointing and calling, and I want you to go into the sector that I've called you to, and I want you to bring the kingdom into this school, into this hospital, into this boardroom, into this governmental structure, and I want you to bring the kingdom of God and show them my glory. And that's our job. That's our assignment. And our job in activating people is to tear down these false ideas that have sought to disempower the saints of the Lord and to remind them instead of who we really are, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we have a mission, that we have authority, that we have power, and that our job is to demonstrate his glory throughout the earth. Absolutely. I, I'm the kind of guy, you and I are going to get along great as we get to know each other because uh, I, you never have to really wonder what I'm thinking. And 
at the same time, I don't want to be inflammatory, but I am a pastor. I have served in church ministry for over 25 years in some capacity. And I've been a senior pastor of a local assembly now for 11 years and traveled a lot. I think you and I talked about that. Uh, For the last 17 years, I've been to 18 countries, hundreds and hundreds of churches, all kinds of denominations. And so I've kind of gathered information. I've just observed and I've watched. And it's unfortunate, but I think if I'm honest, I would say that some of the perpetuation of those limiting beliefs and some of those theologies and uh, the ideas that have brought us to this place as a body, as a people, is is really messed up theology. And so one of my great passions is to see the church become what it was always intended to be, and that is a place where people are trained, where they are taught principles that are in the Word of God, backed by the Word of God, undergirded by the Word of God, but principles that lead to prosperity, lead to success, lead to godly influence in the earth. With that in mind, you know, I'd love to hear from you some of the ideas you have. What what do you see the church as a whole, and that's a broad brush, needing to to do and change in the coming days, weeks, months, years, in order to begin to turn this thing to where people are really getting activated where they're supposed to be? We've got to get people out of the pews. We've got to... And I just want to say this. I love pastors. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I, um, they're important. Yes, yes, <laughs> they're, part of the, they're part of the government of the church. Absolutely. And I think that this is a different discussion, but I think there is a governmental structure that the Lord, a uh, pattern that has to do with the interrelationships within the Trinity itself. But there's a pattern that the Lord gave for how the church is supposed to run, and pastors are one of the five parts of that pattern. Totally agree. And so I just want to be clear that I'm I'm not against uh, churches like buildings and the gathering of the saints and pastors and so forth. I'm, I'm for you. I love you. And um, I think that what we are seeing now is that we're awakening to the idea that we need to activate all the people who are God's people. And it, you know, what are pastors called to do? They're called to equip the people for the work of the ministry. And somewhere along the line, we got the idea that pastoring was the ministry and that as churchgoers, what we do is show up and put some money in the plate, listen to a good homily and then go home and uh, forget about the whole thing. Or, or if we're really, really holy, we read the Our Daily Bread devotional each morning and uh, put in our 15 minutes and go about our business. But I think God has called us to so much more. We, we're born with an appetite for the impossible. Yes, sir. This, this is why I think that the self-help industry, which gets criticized by so many Christians as being self-involved, but I look at that whole industry and I think, why is it so popular? Why are people so interested in, quote, self-help? And I believe that the, it's not about being self-involved. It's about a deep desire within every human being that speaks to us in the quiet moments and says, there's more. Absolutely. And that's what people are searching for. And we owe it to them 
to show them a gospel that shows them how to have the more. And every one of us is called to greatness in the kingdom of God. And when we can get that message to people who are sitting in those pews, in those chairs, and we can have everyone understand you are called to the assignment that Jesus gave us to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to cleanse the lepers, to make disciples of all nations. Every one of us, every one of us is a minister of the kingdom who has those responsibilities. And that means that wherever we are, whether we work in an auto body shop or a lawyer's office or we're a teller at a bank or we're a preacher or a bookstore owner or a, a radio announcer or a consultant or whatever job we have, whatever we've been assigned to, while we're in that place in the market, and by the way, the marketplace is anywhere outside the church. Yeah. It doesn't just mean business people. But wherever we are, we are to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers and do all the things that Jesus commanded us to do. And when we can activate people into that reality, that's what the church needs to be doing right now. Uh, you know, the Lord asked in Scripture— he asked, can a city can a city or a nation be saved in a day? Mm-hmm. And I think he already knew the answer. Oh, sure. Uh, what he was doing was he was calling out to those who would respond and say, I want to see that happen. And so in the city of Spokane, where I live, we have a, a group of believers that gather uh, several times a week in a place that we call Zion Christian Fellowship. And we are committed to the idea that the city of Spokane can be turned to the kingdom in a day. And we're committed to working for that day to see that happen. And I believe this is happening all over, not just the nation, but all over the world. And Brian, as, as the first city becomes wholly committed to the Lord, and then the next and the next, it's going to be like dominoes falling. That's what's going to happen. And that's that's to me that's the mission of the church right now there's all sorts of good things that we do as churches we uh we are involved in social justice and we're involved in charity work and we're involved in um helping the widows and the orphans and, and that's all appropriate and we need to do that it's part of our assignment but we can't forget that our marching orders are to bring the supernatural realm of the kingdom of God to the earth. He, we, we asked the disciples in our place, said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, well, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hello, there's our target. Let's get to work. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I want to just ask you to do one more thing before we wrap this up here. There's no question in my mind, I I interact with people every day, I coach people that are, maybe they're working in a vocational career somewhere, they're for corporate America, or they're doing something that's not fully satisfying, they, on some level they recognize it's just, this is just not my sweet spot, this is not my lane, this is not where God created me to be, and they're on a journey to discover what that is, and and for some they're a little bit further down the road, They, they really have a passion and a desire uh, for that which is entrepreneurial, and to go create wealth, to go uh, impact a, a particular sector, what would you say to that person 
who is hesitant or or on the fence or just struggling to to say, man, how can I do all of that and still maintain my relationship with God? How can I really go after that? What would you say to them to help them to make that step of faith toward their destiny? Wow. Um, you know, I really appreciate you throwing me these softball questions. <laughs> um, this this is my passion, of course. This is what I what I live to talk about and, and what I think about all the time. And Brian, frankly, the more I think about it, uh, <laughs> the more inadequate I feel to give the answers. I, I know this. Um, for me, every great advancement into the certainty, the peace, and the joy of knowing that I'm on the right path comes from being in the presence of the Lord. Yes. And so for the longest time I was discouraged because I thought I'm, I've never been the, the kind of person I would hear these stories about the great saints of God who would, you know, for four hours every day, they would be on a hardwood floor on their face praying to God. And I, I just, frankly, I'd never have done that. Um, but what, what I began to learn was he said he would never leave me or forsake me. That means he's with me every minute of the day. And I've begun to get better at cultivating an awareness of his presence every moment, no matter what I'm doing. And I've begun to get better at consulting with him uh, on every question. So when if you're in a job that's not fulfilling to you and you feel that it's crowding out your awareness of the Lord, maybe a good question to start asking is, well, where is the Lord in that? Where can I, f and just ask. Yeah. This is so simple and it's, maybe I'm revealing how simple-minded I am, but uh, I have to constantly remind myself, I have access to the throne room of the king of the universe. Absolutely. And, and I can, he can be my consultant. I had a podcast episode, um, it's number 59. If you go to my website at rayedwards.com, it's 059 is the, uh, the episode. And it's about consulting with God. And the first step in that process is knowing that he's interested, that he's willing, and he's able to help us. And the second key to consulting with God is realizing that we are qualified for his help. No matter what we just did an hour ago, because Jesus solved the sin problem once and for all. doesn't mean sin's okay, but it means that it doesn't mean that God's keeping a bank account. If you've accepted the, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no bank account that you're in danger of tipping one way or the other. But you've got to be intentional about what you're asking God for and about, and you've got to be sensitive to what he's doing in your life. So what I would say is, Spend time in dialogue with the Lord whenever and wherever you can and ask him specific questions. When I began to make this journey of um, bringing my relationship with Jesus out of the shadows, <laughs> I call it the day I came out. <laughs> that offends everybody. So oh, it's, Lord. It's always fun. Um, uh, if I really want to have fun with uh, some people who are 
in the church world, when I'm talking to them, I'll say, well, I, I had this uh, coming out blog post that I wrote that really upset a lot of people. You should maybe read it sometime. Oh, Lord. Um, but I, w- when I came forward and brought that relationship with Jesus out of the shadows, um, it was born out of spending time with him and asking him, Lord, what, what shall I do? What do you want me to do? And for me, the answer that I kept getting was, Ray, I want you to be the man I've called you to be. I want you to be my man in every situation. And I want you to be fully mine. And if, you know, if Jesus were physically standing at your right hand every moment of the day, I guarantee you would behave differently. Sure. Well, guess what? He is. Absolutely. <laughs> it's that simple. It, it really is. Well, I want to tag onto that because I, I have so many people that, that talk to me about this very thing every day, and you, you could not have said it any better. But I, I have found in my experience that when I am at a place that God is desiring to elevate me or to promote me or to bring me into a, a new season of fruitfulness and prosperity and blessing and joy and all those things, satisfaction, uh, it, it's going to take at some point the element of faith and trust that I say, you know what? He has plans for me. He knows what they are, and he's nudging me and leading me in this direction. I might not be able to see what's on the other side of this, this crossing, but I'm going to trust that, that he's got my best interest at heart, and I'm going to take this step. And I have found that almost every time I've made some major transition, and I'm, I'm dealing with one of those seasons even as we speak, at some point God requires us to say, you know what, I'm going to trust you in this. And uh, that to me is a big thing as well. Well, that's so um, powerful what you just said, because trust is not an attitude or an emotion or a feeling or even a declaration. Mm-hmm. Trust is a decision married to action. Very good. Peter trusted the Lord and he stepped, he trusted him the moment he stepped out of the boat. And if we give the Lord anything to work with, even if we have screwed it up, he will fix it. So, you know, it's, there's an old cliche that says you can't steer a boat that's tied to the dock. There you go. And I think you, you have hit on the key. Commit your work to the Lord and he will have it succeed for you. Well, you know what, Ray, there's no question in my mind that you and I could do this for the next four hours (laughs) because there's just something so amazing and wonderful when two people that, uh, that have this kind of passion and heart to see others succeed and do well and find their, their lane and really, uh, get engaged with what God's given them to do. Uh, we could just talk about it. I am so blessed and I am so grateful uh, for your friendship and for your relationships. Matter of fact, uh, at the time of the recording of this, we're entering into the holiday season here in the United States of America, and 
one of those holidays happens to be Thanksgiving. And I want to just say that I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the the work that you do and the excellence and the spirit from which you you offer that to so many people. And uh, I want to especially thank you today for taking time out of your busy schedule to to share with our listeners uh, just the the heart that is in you as a, a man of God and doing what you do. And I'm just so grateful for that. Well, um, thank you. I, I treasure those words and I, you know, I'm thankful as well for you, for your friendship. And I'm really excited about what you're doing and the direction that you're headed. And to anyone who is hearing this conversation and there's something vibrating inside you and it's you feel like you're a tuning fork and you're resonating with this frequency don't ignore that take the step follow the lord where he leads you i promise you the scarier it looks the more rewarding it will be yeah well ray just before we close out here why don't you tell us how people can connect with you and and uh, maybe take uh, advantage of the products and the services you offer how do we get a hold of you? Well, it's real simple. There's one address where you can find me. It's rayedwards.com. And I would encourage you to sign up for the newsletter that we send out by email and uh, to register or to subscribe rather to the podcast. All the links are on the website. But those are the two things that I would do. There's tons of free uh, teachings training material, audio, video at the website. And uh, if you if you don't ever spend a dime with me, but you are blessed in some way and you you take a step in the name of the kingdom, then uh, I will have done my job. So rayedwards.com is how to get in touch with me. And um, I just want to thank you, Brian, for the opportunity to talk with you. First of all, I enjoy our conversations immensely. And um, I will not say no if you ever ask me back. Well, you can rest assured that will happen and happen sooner rather than later. So, man, bless you. Thank you so much for being here, and uh, we will do this again very soon. God bless. Well, I trust that you enjoyed this interview with Ray Edwards today. I know it was uh, just awesome for me to be a part of it. Hey, if you'd like to make a comment on this episode, please go to brianholmes.com. Go to the show notes for this episode. That's brianholmes.com forward slash 021. Scroll down to the comments section and engage with us there in conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Love to uh, talk to you about your questions or whatever thoughts you have toward this episode. Hey, a couple of very quick announcements here in closing. One of the ways that you can really focus in on this new season, this new beginning, this new year that's approaching us now is to bring someone around you, alongside of you, who can actually help you to become who you're really capable of being. I'm talking about uh, bringing into your life a coach, a life coach, an executive coach. Maybe if it's fitness you're concerned about, bringing a fitness coach into your world. Just someone who can actually help you to refine your plans, your strategies, your ideas concerning your future. I still have a couple of openings coming into the new year for coaching clients. If you'd like to discuss that possibility with me, please contact me via the website. I would really welcome the opportunity to hear your heart and look at what it is you're trying to accomplish. And maybe we would be a fit for each other. Maybe I could help you 
in the new year to become your, your highest and best use. I'd love to do that. Something I'm very excited about is on January the 25th, January 25th, 2014, we're going to be hosting a brand new workshop. It's called the New Beginnings Workshop. And we're going to be talking about things like how to let go of your past once and for all, how to bury the past, resolve, reconcile, deal with, and leave behind all of the baggage, all the stuff. We're going to be talking about how to reignite and how to awaken your dreams. I find that so many people have uh, dreams and ideas and plans that they have buried away, put on the shelf, almost forgotten about because of life. And I want to see those dreams awakened in this new year for you. We're going to be talking about how to develop a strategic plan for the new year and beyond. And we're going to be also spending an entire session uh, that I will be focusing on activating within you everything that you have in your heart to do for the new season. I believe it's going to be a very powerful time. If you are somehow able to be in Dallas-Fort Worth with us for that particular seminar, we would love to have you there personally, live and in person uh, for this taping. But also, if you're not able to be there, we're going to be making those audios available immediately following the session so you too can take part in what we're doing there. Go to brianholmes.com forward slash new beginnings for more information about the seminar, and I believe it'll be a great help to you. Well, let me also mention to you that if you'd like to have us speak, many uh, churches and leadership organizations are right now planning their 2014. If you would like to have us come and speak at your church, your conference, your leadership event, we would love to serve you in any way we could. Visit my speaking page at brianholmes.com forward slash speaking for more information about that. Well, it's an exciting time. The new year is upon us, and it's going to be a wonderful season for you to engage in what it is God has for you to do, because this really is about you. And I encourage you to stay plugged into this podcast, uh, listen out for resources that we're making available, subscribe to our weekly updates uh, at brianholmes.com. We'll be touching base with you weekly on the, the blogs, the podcast, the video segments, the trainings we're offering, and we want to be a part of your journey in that way. Subscribe to us in iTunes. Rate us in iTunes. If you enjoy this podcast, I really want to encourage you to help us get the word out about that by sharing it with your friends, with the people that you love, and let them know that this particular program is really helping you along your journey. Well, that about does it for today. Again, I trust that something that we have shared with you has challenged you to come out of the status quo and really pursue what God has for you in your life. Uh, I really believe that this is the season for you and I to emerge as leaders in all these spheres in life that Ray and I talked about today. It's going to be a, a marvelous time for you to just dig back in, get going, man, get off the couch and do something purposeful and meaningful with your life because God has plans, big plans for your success and your prosperity and your blessing and for you to make an impact in this world. Well, until next time, remember this, you're made in his image. You are designed for a purpose and you are destined for greatness. The entire world is waiting for you to show up and we believe that you will. God bless. We'll see you back here next week.